Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is very tired today because he did not get the normal amount of sleep that he usually gets, Brandon Siegel. Uh, yes, uh, my beauty sleep was not achieved today uh, as I had to wake up very early to come back and prepare for all of you guys to get this wonderful episode of the podcast out. Um, I, I, I truly I value sleep, I think, more than the normal person. I really, really, really enjoy sleeping, but... To do this podcast, I, I'll make whatever needs to happen, happen. So I woke up, I think I woke up at 7 today. Um, shout out to my mom, helped me pack up, get all prepared, came back here, and literally you were at my door when I got back. We prepared for the podcast, and now we're here today. Um, so, you know, I'm obviously, as always, you know, I say the same thing every single time, but as always, this will be a great episode of the podcast. Coming back from Thanksgiving, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving um, with your families. Um, today, as always, we also have... Our wonderful expert mogul, uh, uh, connoisseur, aficionado, aficionado. I was gonna try to use aficionado another time, but uh, we'll, we'll throw two well. new ones in there. Master manipulator, master human, <laughs> manipulator. <laughs> Max Marco, everyone. Max, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. That's got good. to go home. Got to see Big Bills W yeah. yes. against the Cowboys. Yeah, that was a good win from them. The great win. I'm still not sold on the Bills. I don't really think they've beat anybody all that great this year. But, you know, they get to play the Pats again at some point. So that's going to be a challenge. They play the Ravens next week. and Yeah. That'll be a I'm rough nerv- one. I'm nervous about that one. <laughs> uh, that, that'll be an interesting episode of the podcast because uh, that'll be – we got finals week that after too. Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'll try to find – I'm going to watch that uh, for sure. Uh, Trevor, why don't you give us the rundown on today's episode? So today we're going to talk about the crazy ending uh, that was the Ole Miss-Mississippi State game, the Egg Bowl. Crazy ending there. Then another uh, weird kind of finish, even though the Saints did pretty clearly, it seemed like, have the game in hand. But Falcons tried to make a comeback. There was some onside kicks. We'll talk about that. Uh, the college basketball upsets. This season has been crazy so far. It so really many has. upsets. Uh, number one teams that are losing to unranked teams that are mid-majors. So it's it's been crazy. Uh, small talk trivia, randomly ranked. And then our main topics today where we will talk about um, college basketball, um, some different teams that really stood out to us. Then we'll get into college football, some of these rivalry games, and the upcoming college football playoff. Talk about that. And um, the NFL talk about um some storylines with that if we get the time mm-hmm. I, I think we'll have the time today although we we're already our yeah. intro today was lengthy um but that's okay I, I like the intros i feel like it's a it's a nice uh banter yes feel me um but let's get it started today uh mississippi and mississippi state playing in the egg bowl a uh, big rivalry it's rivalry week like this was just such a great week in sports just in general um some not so great for my personal teams, but overall it was just a great week. We had a lot of uh, big tournaments finish up in college basketball and rivalry week in college football, Thanksgiving football games. Um, but to start this off, Mississippi State won 21-20. to um, And kind of the reason was they missed an extra point, um, and then the receiver, Elijah Moore, was penalized for celebrating a touchdown. Here, here's what the, the headline on ESPN reads. Ole Miss falls after wide receiver urinating dog celebration. So... <laughs> it's really so ridiculous to read this, and it's really funny. But the wide receiver Elijah Moore was penalized for celebrating touchdown. He crawled over and pretended to urinate like a dog. Um, as we know, Mississippi State is the bulldog, so that's, that's probably why he ended up doing it. Um, what do you, What do you have to think about this ridiculous uh, story title and ending to a, a really big game? It's an SEC, the Egg Bowl, it's one of the most historic rivalries. 
Yeah, you know, this was crazy to watch. Um, and I was watching this after I was I was with my friends when uh, we were watching this. And it was crazy because, you know, if you're a player, you got to know that that's going to be penalized. Like, he should have known that that's penalized. And though I may not like the role personally, I, I don't necessarily like and sportsmen like penalties all that much. I think you should be able to celebrate. But nevertheless, he should know the role. He should know that this team, this was going to hurt him. And it did as they missed extra point. And that's not a way you want to go out. Um, uh, I'm sure he probably feels bad maybe now about that celebration. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of ridiculous to me. Why why would you get on all fours and pretend to urinate as a dog? Just like, I don't know, do a flip or something. Just don't. I mean, your team would have won. Or at least I think gone into, it was an extra point. Went so, yeah, overtime. Went into overtime. Like, it's just crazy, uh, especially after the type of year Ole Miss has had. They are now 4-8. and eight. Uh, finishing the year off at four and eight, and Mississippi State is now bowl eligible, so could have knocked off your rival from bowl eligibility, which would have been very sweet. Um, but moving forward to a game I really wanted to talk about, um, the Saints and Falcons now ended up being twenty six to eighteen. That's not really the interesting part. I'm not really concerned about the score. Um, onside kicks, uh, there was a rule. I don't know if it was last year, or this this year, before this year, but I think it was either it was one of those two. Um, they made it where you were not allowed to run forward on onside kicks anymore. So it's made these onside kicks almost impossible. Now, getting one onside kick throughout the year would be amazing. That would be astonishing. Getting two in a single season of football would be almost impossible. Now, if I were to tell you that this team got three onside kicks, one was taken back for a penalty, but it wasn't a penalty. Like, even the announcers, they all said it wasn't actually a penalty. If I would have told you this team would have gotten three onside kicks before the game, would you have believed me? No, absolutely not. No, well, it happened. Uh, the, the Falcons actually have kicking issues because they, they had injuries, and I, I can't remember the kicker's name off the top of my head, um, but he had three onside kicks, and he kicked it in a really interesting way, which, like, my dad was telling me during the whole game, he's like, every NFL team's going to watch how he kicked that, and every single kicker's going to start kicking onside kicks how he kicked it, because it was perfect. Three straight times, back to back to back, literally made these onside kicks, and he got them. And the Falcons almost won against a really good Saints team, 10-2, who they've beaten before. So, um... What, what did you think when you when you watched this, whether you watched it live or not, what do you think of these onside I mean, it's astonishing. It was so crazy watching this. Yeah, so I basically just kept saying, like, oh, this game's over. Like, there's no way the Falcons have a chance to come back. And mm-hmm. it really looked like they didn't. And I was, you know, watching the game with one of my best friends, Devin, who's like, you never know. Game's not over yet. But I thought it was over. And then we see these onside kicks. And um, it, it was insane how he, he just kicked it, like, kind of perfectly, as you said, in the same spot. And and I thought like number fifty four in particular. He on was Atlanta, really the oh he, my like, god was in the right spot. Best he he recovered the, the one, almost got the other one, mm-hmm. and they still ended up with that one. And it was just insane. I mean, it's I you know it's always fun seeing when uh, teams can recover onside kicks, but you don't see it that often because it's such no. a low percentage chance that teams mm-hmm. recover. And they got three, so it's just. Just insane. It really is. So quickly, uh, I was talking to my dad after this happened, and I guess there's a new proposed rule. I'm hoping I get all these, all the changes correctly. It's proposed. It's not happening in any sort yet. But it's instead of an onside kick, um, at the end of the games, you can now do this. Okay, and this rule, again, this rule is not happening right now, but it's, it's proposed. Basically, you get the ball at your own 30, and you basically have a 4th and 15 scenario. And basically what happens is if you don't get – the fourth and fifteen, you turn the ball over at your own, you know, wherever it is, whether it's your thirty or if you get a five-year pass, then your own thirty-five. Um, and there's a ton of different, like, you know, stipulations that, like, uh, you can only do it once a game, and uh, you're allowed to choose if you'd rather do an onside kick over that. But what do you think of that? It's kind of an interesting concept because um, onside kicks are very exciting when they happen, but they're so rare and 
I feel like a fourth and 15 situation like that rule would be kind of not bad because then you see the team's offense and defense on it. It's a little more meaningful than when you have these special teams guys, you know, just touching the ball a little bit and trying to, you know, fall on it. So what, what do you think about this potential rule change? Um, I do think it would give the teams a better chance of recovering, like, or getting the possession back. I think the, the percentage would be higher with that. So I like yeah. that. Um, it's tough to say. I, I guess I would have to, like, have to see it play out, you know, right. for a season to actually see, you it know, be very interesting. what it would look like. But um, it's tough to say. I, I think it would increase the percentage of, like, the, the amount of times mm-hmm. that the team would regain possession. Like, of. how exciting would that be? Because if you think about, like, overtime, a team's going to overtime and they get the ball. I don't know exactly where they get the ball, you know, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, in a college football, or, I can't remember if college yeah, football. The yeah, the 25 yard Yeah, line. 25. How exciting are those drives? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Those are great. So if you could do something like that, if you were to get that fourth and 15, then it's just normal first downs. So that, I think that rule would be really interesting. And it's an interesting concept. I don't know if it's 100% everything that they've proposed would be the 100% right thing. But it's a very interesting concept that I think could come to life and be very interesting. Uh, but moving forward, uh, college basketball, we've talked about this plenty of times. There's not one great team in college basketball. There's not even a couple really great teams. There's a lot of good teams in college basketball, but a lot of upsets has happened. You've seen Stephen F. Austin take down Duke, which is a really good story by the guy who uh, made the dunk. He's raised a ton of money for his family. Um, you see Iowa being Texas Tech. Michigan's winning a ton of games, um, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, you see uh, a ton of different upsets uh, throughout the past couple uh days so what do you think i mean is this season just destined for all this parody and all this fun of all these upsets i mean you see creighton over texas tech uh st mary's over utah state purdue over vcu so what what do you think about this trevor um i i love seeing upsets i love like the parody and i think this is definitely a season that will be filled with a lot of parody mm-hmm. um and and you know this the g- way this game ended um it was nathan bain which game are you talking the, about, sorry? The game-winning shot. I'm talking about the Stephen F. Austin Duke okay, gotcha. game specifically. Yes. So in this game, um, it, it was really awesome. Just when, when you see these moments happen, happen and you have the call, which if you haven't seen the call to the end of the Stephen F. Austin Duke game, you should go watch that because yes. it was it was great. And, and it was weird. It was like a steal with like about five seconds left. Duke had the ball. And then uh, Nathan Bain recovers it from Stephen F. Austin. He runs down and scores the layup at the buzzer. It was it was barely in time, but it was. And then um, I believe he had like a he had like a fund where he was raising money, and it was the numbers are probably wrong, but I know it was somewhere around like two thousand dollars that he had raised. And then after that shot, like a day later, it was like all the way up to like twenty three thousand or something along those lines. Yeah, but it went up it, a lot. Yeah, it, it, I think it's it close to a hundred thousand if it's not there. I, I know uh, like the other I'd day it was check again sixty eight thousand or something like that. It's wow. really a great story. And um, you look at like like the barstool account for Duke said like a nice thing about it. like he was like basically. I guess like Duke fans were all in Stephen F. Austin Barstool's mentions and Duke's Barstool said like a really nice thing. They're like, hey, please donate to this good cause. Like it sucks that we won, but this is more than sports. Um, but a little bit back to the upsets, um, as great of a story that is, there's so many teams being that are ranked that are being upset. And so many teams like you look at like Florida who's six and two. We I think we both picked them to be our winner, right? Am I wrong? I, I know no, I did. that's correct. I picked them. Yeah, yeah. So it's crazy to see that they have two losses. They they almost lost to Marshall. Uh, I believe it was at home, uh, 
or 67, excuse me, losing by six to a two and four Marshall team. Like, it's crazy that how many upsets there are. It just seems like this is going to be such a fun season of college basketball, which I'm sure excites you a lot. Yeah. Because um, as we know on this podcast, you are quite a big college basketball fan. And mm-hmm. I, this is it's going to be fun because this is the first season where as a, our podcast is going to be able to go through that whole college basketball season. Absolutely. Um, so it's going to be a good one. But uh, let's move forward to uh, one of our fan favorite segments, which is uh, Small Talk Trivia. Uh, this is basically where we each ask each other a trivia question. We have a running scoreboard. Currently, it is 15 to 12. Um, so, Trevor, I think I'll go first today. Um, a player I do not like in college. My question is about college basketball. Um, do you know who my least favorite player is in college basketball? Uh, Cassius Winston. Yes, it is. That is correct. Um, so, Cassius Winston obviously came back. I don't know what year he's in. He seems like he's been there forever. But um, I can't wait till he leaves and... Hopefully he's not in the NBA one day. Actually, you know, I don't wish horrible stuff on him, but I just wish horrible stuff on Michigan State. But Cassius Winston was an All-American last year, and he returned to school. Um, there's only been one other player who is an All-American and returned to school. Can you name that player? Wow. I, I think I've – man, I, I feel like I've heard pe- someone talk about this in the mm-hmm. last week, and I, I definitely forgot it because it didn't come to my mind right away who that player mm-hmm. is. So I'd have to go through mm-hmm. and think about I should also clarify this is first team All American. So not like if someone was a third team and then came back and then they were second team. They were a first team All American, then came back again. Right, who returned? So Cassius Winston, he was. And I'll give you a a little clue. They were the first. They were first team um, All American again that following year too. Okay. That year that they came back after being an All American. Wow. This is a hard question, but I I I have faith in you. I just want to point out before we while you're thinking about it, this was a uh, submitted question by um, our favorite. Uh, live studio audience member Ben O'Brien, uh, who is not here today with us. So shout out Ben. I feel like Ben's gonna like some of the topics we talk about a little bit later on the podcast, but we'll get there. But thank you, Ben, for submitting this question. This was an awesome, awesome question. Yeah. So there's there's players I'm thinking about okay. that are like really good. Obviously, lay them out. Who is it? Um, like Doug McDermott came to my mind. I don't I don't think that's. I feel him, like that wouldn't but, be a bad guess. Um, I'm just like thinking about it. Like, was he? I think he was a first team All American at some point, but I don't know if he was twice. Um, so that's tough. Um, there's some other guys that I'm trying to think about because, like, I don't know if Steph was an All American twice. He might have been, I think he might have just been once, but there, there is a chance that Stephen Curry could have been an All American twice. Um, even though Davidson wasn't, because, like, you have to be great, for, your team has to be great normally for you to be an All American. And yep. Davidson was good, but they were never, like, a top, to- they were never, like, a top 10 team. I feel like that um, there has been plenty of teams that weren't necessarily great that whether their players were All Americans. Yeah. Oh, man, this is so tough. Um, like, Frank Kaminsky at Wisconsin, that's another guy that just comes to my mind that possibly. Man, this is so tough. I'm gonna have to end up going with a guess. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I'll go with Frank Kaminsky. Is that your final answer? Yes. So, uh, Frank Kaminsky was not correct. Okay. However, I'd like to point out, live studio audience member Ben O'Brien might have lied to me here. After looking at this, there was another member who did it twice. Oh. It was not my original answer. If you were to give this person, I would have said this. This person actually did it three times, and it was Doug McDermott. Oh. Which I did not know. Wow. He got it in 2011, 2012, 2012 to 13, and then 13 to 14. However, the answer that I originally had, and this I is why I thought you would get it, um, it was a person who played in 2004 to 2005, and then 05 to 06. They played on the Duke JJ. Blue Devils. Oh JJ Redick. Wow. And that is why I thought you I would get have... it. I, wow. 
I should it was a good have. question, though. I mean, uh, really, just some claps for Ben because that was a really great I wish question. I should have said Doug, though, because that was my original thought. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, that would be a pretty good guess. And I was like, yeah, it'd be a pretty, in my mind, I was like, it's a good guess because you're not going to get it right. And then I looked and he won it three years in a row. And I was like, well, it would be a pretty good guess because you would get it right. I'm pretty surprised you didn't go with him. But Trevor, what is your question for this week? Okay, so my question also relates to college basketball. Okay. Now, Obi Toppin has had a great start of the season. I know Ben will love me, love to hear me talk. Um, and say great things about Obi Toppin because yep. he likes he's a Dayton fan. I think we're going to talk about and it more in a little yes, bit too. Yes, and we will. So Obi Toppin, he's averaging 23 points, 8.3 rebounds, and shooting like 70% from the field. Yep. And and a lot of people think that he might have a really good shot at being the Naismith Player of the Year this year. Mm-hmm. So my question is, who is the last player from a mid-major team, because uh, Dayton's in the Atlantic 10, so not counting the Power 6 conferences, Yep. who is the last player from a mid-major conference to win the Naismith Player of the Year award. Hmm. Okay. Uh, can, can, I, can I ask a follow-up question? Is, is it in our lifetime? Yes, it is in our okay, lifetime. Okay, it's in our lifetime. Um, so I feel like Steph would be a pretty good guess. Uh, Doug McDermott also might not be a bad guess. Um, I have a feeling it could be one of those two. But I don't know if Steph won Player of the Year that year. I, I'm not 100% sure. Um, and I'm not sure Doug won any of those years either. I'm trying to think back of player Naismith player of the years. I can really only think of some of the current, like the last couple of years, who they were. I'm not great on my history of Naismith player of the years. I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna say Steph Curry. I don't know if he won it though. Is it? How was that answer? Okay, so Steph Curry is is not correct. Okay. Um, the correct answer was Jimmer Fredette. Oh, that would have been a good one, too. He won it in 2011 with BYU. BYU, yeah. They were in the Mountain West Conference at the time. Now, Doug did win it in 2014, but he the Creighton was in the Big East. So Well, that's not Power 5, though. They're power, I said Power 6. Oh, okay, Big okay, East yeah. is Power 6. I didn't say that answer anyway, though, so it wouldn't have yeah, mattered. Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered. But yes, Jimmer Fredette. All right, all right. Good good questions all around. I, I like both questions. Um, if you guys do have questions that you want to submit to us, uh, we'd love to answer them. So, you know, tweet at one of us, uh, both of our Twitters. Um, tweet at one of us, give us a question, the other person will answer it. We'll hopefully get it right. Um, but moving forward to our uh, next segment, Randomly Ranked. Uh, this is the segment where we take a completely random topic and rank it. Um, and in spirit of the holiday that just happened, the uh, topic we're going to do is top three foods that are a must at Thanksgiving in our families particularly. So, uh, Max, I, I think I'm going to start off with you today. Um, we haven't heard from you yet. I, I, I need to hear your voice. So what is your top food that is a must at your family's dinner? So I want it to be weird. I want to hear some weird food that your family has. Or maybe even if it's not a weird food, just a food that you like absolutely love that you literally yeah, cannot. Yeah, I mean, live like I think the obvious choice would be turkey. But if you, yeah. if you're going like off the board, yeah. like we're not going must. with turkey. We're not going yeah. with turkey. Um, I would say um, I, I I'm thinking towards the the uh, the line of thought uh, of dessert. Okay. And uh, I like that. I like we, that. Uh, our family uh, were big like. Uh, this is for every holiday, but Thanksgiving seems to be the most prominent when yep. it comes to this. But it's uh, chocolate eclairs. Oh, like, okay. Big okay. on that, and they, they, we get a bunch of these like mini like. I like that these, take. These tubs that are just like filled with these mini chocolate eclairs. I like that really take. Good. Marco that family, good. invite me to your Thanksgiving because yeah. I like I like chocolate eclairs. Um, 
So, uh, Trevor, I, I went first with questions, so why don't you go first? Um, say it randomly, Ray. All right, so as we just me- as we just kind of mentioned, like, turkey, I will not be including turkey on yes. my list. Which I want to point out, turkey's I am going to call you out for it. He was going to put turkey on his list. I was thinking about it. But that's too boring. I told him I was going to call him well, out if he said it. So. Well, yeah, it's clear. Turkey, you have to it have turkey on Thanksgiving. Yes. If you have, or, like, or ham. Honey ham. Now, see, I, but I if think you you're don't, wrong. if you don't have turkey and you just have ham, that's that. I think that's horrible. You have Maybe to have Maybe it's turkey. a bait for You think ham's okay, Max? Could, could we do with just, like, I don't have a gripe. With ham, I, I agree. I, I don't just, know what your issue yeah. with ham is. You can have both, but you you have think, to have. Turkey. I think it'd be okay. Like it, I think it'd be weird if you had chicken. I think that'd be weird. Yeah. Or like another meat. That's I think ham because, is okay. Yeah, chicken's too. Common. I'd be okay with ham. Yeah. Let's, okay. get, let's get back on tar- okay. topic. <laughs> so number three, I'm gonna go with crescent rolls. Now I always have these at Thanksgiving, and Love other this. people have different kind of like like rolls or stuff that they use, but crescent rolls are amazing at Thanksgiving. Number two, I'm going with you know just very. You know, this is kind of a rigid, not really all that different, but mashed potatoes and gravy. You have to have mashed potatoes and gravy on Thanksgiving. It's required. Um, and number one, I'm also going with a dessert for my number one. Yep. It's pumpkin pie. There's some pumpkin pie haters out there. Yeah, I am one of them. And they need to, you know, just just calm it down. You know, pumpkin I'm pie. I'm not going to calm yeah, down. You can, with you can some add me to cream. that list as well. Yeah, right? yeah there, there's, there's a missing ingredient in, in pumpkin pie, and that is chocolate. If, they, if there was chocolate, then maybe. Nah, but yes, you can have yes. sweets without chocolate. No, you pumpkin can't. Pumpkin pie you is amazing. Really. Okay. Max and I are in agreement here that that is no. not. Yeah, no. Um, my top three, I feel like all of our top threes would be relatively similar. My number three is dessert. And I said dessert in general because I'm actually not a pie fan. So, like, my family, my dad made this monkey bread, which was pretty good. We had some ice cream. Uh, but there was pies at my Thanksgiving. I do not indulge in them particularly. Do you have something to say, Trevor? But which like dessert? You have to pick a dessert. If I had to pick one, I would say, like, like I like ice cream. Okay. I think that's a decent Thanksgiving part. Because okay. you, you have it with pie. I'm just not a – personally, I'm not a big pie person. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with mashed potatoes. I, I, I like mashed potatoes. It's something I didn't always used to like, but I like them a lot now. Number one, I went with some sort of bread or rolls. My family does crescent rolls, so I'm with you on that. Oh, okay. I like crescent rolls a lot, and that's what we normally do. But really, any rolls. Um, I went yes. to my girlfriend's Thanksgiving dinner, and they had these nice like Hawaiian looking rolls you know what I'm talking uh, yeah, about the Hawaiian too. oh yeah those yeah. are solid so I, I I had a couple of, I, I really wanted to indulge in that but it was right after my dinner so but yeah basically any sort of bread I think would be good there um, if you guys have an idea for randomly ranked please submit it to us we'd love to hear your ideas um, one more thing before we go into small talk uh, we actually missed this topic I, my, my grandfather actually submitted this to us last week very quickly we're going to mention this about LeBron having triple double against every single team what significance do you think this has in your mind because I mean it is there is some significance but well, I, yeah, how how much of a feat do you think this is? Because he's the first player to ever do it. Well, I mean, for that fact, it's a great feat. No one, yeah. no one else has done it. You know, and LeBron, he is a player who is has have many other feats that he's the only one that's done it. Yep. So, you know, it's just another accomplishment that signifies his greatness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just simple as we can put it, uh, greatest of all time. That, that's just, I, I mean, no bias. There's no bias at all there. It's, it's literally impossible for someone to tell me that he's not the greatest, one of the greatest athletes of all time, definitely the greatest basketball player of all time. Also, I want to give a quick shout out here to uh, podcast uh, alum. Dylan Fry for dropping a nice little 30 bomb going second on the all-time list in three-pointers made. Absolutely. Big shout-out to Dylan. If you're listening to this, big, big shout-out. You played a great game against Dartmouth. Um, picking up the slack, you know, with uh, Justin Turner out with uh, undisclosed injury that we know of at the moment. Big, big props to Dylan. But let's get into our main topics for today. First, we're going to start off um, 
in college basketball. Uh, Trevor, you have a couple teams. I'm just going to let you go in here. I'm just going to let you go in. You have a couple teams here that you think have done really, really well. They're not, you know, your Dukes and your Kansas and your Kentuckys. What are your 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 top couple teams here that you think have done really well? Okay, so first I want to talk about Dayton, and Ben's going to love this. Dayton has looked really good. Yep. Um, I, I watched highlights of the Kansas game, did not get to watch this live. But they were like going back and forth with Kansas. At one point, they had a, like a five or six point lead, despite the fact that Kansas is a very well rounded team. You know, with Azabuki, with you know, a All American maybe guard and Devon Dotson, who was like a top ten player coming out of high school, uh, just to go toe to toe with Kansas and Maui in the championship game after beating Georgia by twenty seven points. And in Dayton is not like your typical great mid-major team that just, oh, they have like these seniors that are coming together and they have all this experience. Mm-hmm. Like Dayton legit has talent. They have they size. They have a player who mm-hmm. might be the national player of the year. So Dayton Obi Toppin, I is think is he's, he's instant really into a good team. He's instant into like a top 15 pick to me. I, I would have said he's probably top 25 going into the season. I mean, yeah. he's really proving himself in a big way. Um, I think there are tendencies he has to be a little bit selfish. I think he uh, might need to fix those a little bit in the NBA. But for right now, I mean, he's flying up he's boards. Awesome. Um, Trevor, what's another team, one more team quickly, that you, you've been really impressed with? Yeah, so I watched the Maryland-Temple game, and I thought Temple was really impressive. I thought that, you know, they, they are very well coached. Um, and I just think that you know, they're very unselfish. They play defense mm-hmm. very well. Like, every shot I noticed was, like, well-contested that Maryland shot. So I really like Temple. They came close to beating Maryland, the top-five team. So I like mm-hmm. Temple a lot. And let's let's talk about the Michigan Wolverines for a minute. Obviously, this is this is my favorite college basketball team, with the, with the outside of our, our team, of course, uh, Bowling Green State University Falcons. But Michigan is—they killed UNC. Then they went and killed Gonzaga. They got Louisville on Tuesday— so hypothetically, let's say they beat Louisville. Okay, hypothetically, it's at Louisville too. So that, uh, it's a big hypothetical. Where would you rank them? Uh, I think they should be number one right now. Before, really? Before beating Louisville, I think they should be number one right now. No other team in the country has wins over Gonzaga by eighteen and North Carolina by nine, mm-hmm. and they are undefeated mm-hmm. still. So they should be number one right now. Mm-hmm. And they beat Creighton by ten. Um, a Creighton team that just beat uh, St. Mary's or whoever. I don't remember exactly mm-hmm. the team, but they beat a, a ranked team recently. I, I, I don't know if I agree with the number one standing, but to me, they're playing like a top 10 team. I'm very excited to see Michigan State, Ohio State, and them duke it out. I definitely don't think they're quite as good as Michigan State or Ohio State, sadly. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Those three teams, I think, will be able to you know take take some wins from each other. Um, but moving forward, a uh, prospect that we wanted to talk about today was Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards um, has had a good year. Uh, yeah. Do you think it's a little underwhelming for what we would have expect, expected at the beginning of the year? He's shooting below, you know, right around 35% from three, 40% from the field. Uh, in my opinion, a little bit underwhelming. I know he's averaging 20.5 points a game. Um, but what do you think, Trevor? I want to hear your analysis on this. Yeah, so with Anthony Edwards, they were talking about it on one of the broadcasts. I forget which game it was, but they were talking about how Anthony Edwards, he'll have like these slow starts, and then he'll really just like bring it on the second half. Like he can have like five points in the first half, and then he'll just score like 30 or something crazy in the second half. And he did that in uh, one of those games. Um, he hit like a buzzer beater against Chaminade, even though Chaminade's not a very good team. So their team isn't great. It, it reminds me a little bit of the Ben Simmons situation with LSU when their team is really bad. And I don't know if maybe Ben Simmons just didn't care enough or I don't know if that's what it is with Anthony Edwards. But it's just like some in- inconsistencies. But when he's on, I mean, he looks really good when yep. he's at his best. Yep. So he's a, a great player to watch. And I think he's definitely in the conversation for that number one pick. He's one of those like top four or five guys for sure. Yeah, I, I- 
I was very, very, very high on him at the beginning of the year. It's come back a little bit. I still think he's a top five pick, but I think there needs to be more to prove. He needs to be more efficient for me to say you're a top two pick, top three pick. Um, right now, if I have one player to take, I'm taking Cole Anthony. I just think he's so dynamic. I know he's cooled off just a little, little bit since his really, really, really hot start. I'm taking Cole Anthony. It's just, I mean, that's just what I would do. Um, I, I think James Wiseman and Anthony Edwards are kind of in that conversation. You have probably LaMelo up there. There's a lot of other good players that are up there. Um, but uh, right now, I would take uh, Cole Anthony. Um, but let, let, let's move on to college football. Um, we had uh, a big game this weekend. Did not go my way particularly. Um, Ohio State 56, Michigan 27. Uh, Trevor, did, did you get a chance to watch this game? I'm sure you watched, right? Um, so I was, we were like getting ready for the BGSO basketball game, but it was on on one of the TVs, and so like I glimpsed at it briefly, and I checked the score a couple of times, so a little bit. But for me, this game, like the score was just really predictable. Like Ohio State wins by you know three, four touchdowns. Like that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. You know, maybe they'd have a bad start, which they kind of did last year as well, and they they had a little bit of a bad start it seemed this year. Yeah. But Ohio State was clearly the better team, and we we all knew that. And, you know, so it's no surprise to me. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State's just simply, you, you put it pretty well. Ohio State's simply the better team. They're the top team in the nation. I've been saying this for a couple of weeks. Um, I thought the first half looks pretty good for Michigan, in my opinion. I know they weren't winning, um, but it seemed like they were playing with them, and Michigan really punched them in the mouth early. Um, I am now on the train of fire Don Brown, who is Michigan's uh, defensive corner. This is now the second year in the row that Ohio State has just pummeled them offense or yeah, offensively. And Michigan's defenses look pitiful. Michigan's defense has a lot of talent, lots of talent on the field. Their offense was not broken to me. I didn't, I didn't, I have faith in their offense. It, it's progressed throughout the year where their defense is not. Um, so I am now on the train to fire Don Brown. Uh, if they fire Jim Harbaugh, I will be quite upset. Um, I, I, I it, it's funny to me when Ohio State fans say, "Oh, fire Jim Harbaugh. He's 0-5 now or 0-6, whatever it is against." Ohio State, I understand that, but Jim Harbaugh is still a great coach regardless. Um, moving on to Alabama and Auburn, um, we're going to kind of go over this quickly so we can, you know, kind of so we can touch on uh, a topic I want to talk about in the NFL. Um, this game was insane, forty-eight, forty-five. Alabama lost. Uh, so Trevor, quick, quick thought. What do you think about this? Yeah. So just quickly, um, it's really surprising to see Alabama lost because they've dominated for so long. Even though Auburn is a good team, but ultimately it's because of their quarterback that you know is not currently healthy. So. Yeah, so if you have to pick that fourth playoff team, okay, let's say hypothetically Georgia loses to LSU, which I feel like will happen. I think they will lose in the SEC championship. Who's your fourth team in? This quick team. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I would go with Oklahoma, too. I don't think Utah's going to have the uh, the teams to under their belt that they've beaten to get in front of Oklahoma. Um, but uh, with that being said, let's go to our quick prediction to finish up the episode today. My quick prediction, uh, Michigan's playing Louisville like we talked about on Tuesday. Uh, it's being filmed on Sunday, so it's Tuesday, like the 3rd or whatever. What's day? The 1st? So yeah, it'd be the 3rd. Yeah, third. Third. Um, I have Michigan beating Louisville by 7. That is my really bold quick prediction. Trevor? Um, I think LSU's going to beat Georgia next week in the SEC Championship. I think they've been really dominant, you know, mm-hmm. against A&M beating them 50-7. to That's just yes. crazy because A&M's a good team. So. A&M is not a bad team at uh, all. LSU's going to beat Georgia. Uh, do you have a point differential there? How much do you think LSU will win by? Um, I think it'll be somewhere along the lines of, like, two touchdowns, somewhere two touchdowns? around there. Okay. Yeah. So two possessions, we'll say. Yeah. We'll see if Trevor gets that right. Um. But uh, thank you all so much for listening today. Uh, 38th episode of the podcast, which is really insane. Um, but thank you all so much. Um, follow us on Twitter at SmallBallerPod and follow all three of our Twitter accounts, uh, Max, myself, and Trevor. Um, we are now on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, 
There's no reason not to listen. If you're listening on Apple, uh, we really appreciate you guys. Uh, leave us, you know, cl- click that subscribe button. It's free. doesn't cost anything. We really, really appreciate it. Leave us a little review. It's also free. Leave us five stars. Guess what? How much money does that cost, Trevor, to leave five stars? Zero dollars. It costs zero dollars. And if we get enough five stars, maybe Max's Bills will win ten games this year. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I mean, who they knows? They do play the Jets again. So. They play the Jets again. Yeah, so please subscribe. <laughs> Max wants his Bills to win 10 games. So uh, subscribe. Leave us that five-star review. Uh, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons.